Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Arij Noor. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nations. We also acknowledge Elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the lands you're hearing us from. On today's Women on the Line, Palestinian activist May Hamid helps us unpack the recent statement US President Donald Trump made about Jerusalem becoming the capital of Israel. This statement was met with outrage from European and Arab leaders for its boldness, carelessness and the conflict it has caused. So much has happened on the world stage regarding Palestine over the last couple of weeks, and May is here to give us her take on it all, alongside some historical and political context that might be missing from some of the coverage. I'm a Palestinian woman. I was born in Palestine. Um, I've lived in Palestine under occupation. In fact, I was born during the first Intifada, uh, during a bombing raid. Um, I All my family live in Palestine, so they currently live under the occupation. I also have family in the Gaza Strip who've um, died due to the occupation and the embargo. Um, I've been involved in uh, providing a voice for Palestine for over 10 years, and it's very much so a reflection of um, my family and what it means to be a Palestinian. Um, and knowing that the very fact that you say you are Palestinian becomes a political statement in and of itself, um, because the very idea of having that said identity is constantly being attacked um, and we're constantly being told, no, you're Arab, you're not Palestinian, there is no Palestinian state. This um, fragmenting us into Gaza, West Bank, Arab Israelis, um, refugees, which, you know, we have over 10 million Palestinian refugees. So that question of saying I'm Palestinian brings up a whole discussion um, but it also means that it's a political statement in of itself um, that, you know, I have an identity. And I'll say at the same time, um, I've been active here in Australia, um, first in Students for Palestine, and at the moment um, I'm, I'm having quite a lot of support from the Palestinian community itself. Um, so it's been very interesting um, I think progression. I've been involved in BDS um, and also the protests against the embargo against Gaza um, and the attacks um, that have happened in 2009, 2013, 2014. Um, so I would say my family history also <laughs> helps define where I stand um, and my lived experience. What does it mean for someone like Donald Trump to make a statement like Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel? I think it just makes it extremely clear the bias of the American state. Um, 
and the American political establishment. I mean, in terms of Palestinians, we've always known that America has always sided with Israel. We, I mean, it's the biggest funder of military aid to the state of Israel. And the military aid is used against Palestinians. Um, I mean, Israel is the only country in the world that can say, our military weaponry is tested on the ground. And that generally means it's tested on Palestinians. Um, so in that sense... Many people are not surprised, but also they are surprised because it's the death knell, essentially, of the two-state solution, which is, I guess, the guise that America and Israel have been using for the last over 25 years in terms of arguing, you know, we're, we're finding a peaceful solution for this. We're going to have a Palestinian state. We're going to have an Israeli state. I mean, Palestinians have known for a very long time, because of their lived um, experience under Israeli occupation and apartheid, that... That's a joke. But the international community has always felt that it's a possibility. And this is where it really changes. Um, it really confronts the na narrative that's existed up until now. Um, but what it also means is that it gives a green light for the Israeli state to intensify its occupation, its land grab, its violence and its persecution. Now, I know in recent news we've been we've had the atrocious news coming out from Gaza, and you know the the complete bombardment and bombing and the level of death that's been meted out by the Israeli state against Gaza. What also has been slightly missing in that narrative the last few years is the slow but surely intensive violence that's meted out against the Palestinians in the West Bank. It's of a different way and type. However, it still stems from the same type of violent ideology that exists in the state of Israel. Um, and what we're seeing now is that people in the West Bank have been living under this for over 70 years. Um, and I kind of want to unpack the, the, this myth that somehow people in Gaza and people in the West Bank, two separate entities, we're one people, uh, we have one cause, and that is that we live under occupation, violent occupation by the Israeli state. We live under an apartheid state. And I think that that's become a lot more apparent in recent years. And this is why a lot of international bodies have come out and criticized Israel so heavily, because we can no longer hide from that fact. But what this statement means is that America stands firmly in line with the Israeli state. And it means the Israeli state feels confident now that its biggest backer has come out completely vocally supporting this move. Because Jerusalem doesn't just represent that it's a city, it also represents the very ideology of the Zionist Israeli state and its um, narrative and its goals. What it also means is that part of the Oslo Accord meant that the Palestinians wanted to claim East Jerusalem as their capital. Um, what this means is it that's why it's the death knell, because America has, com has come on the side of Israel and said, no, it's the Israeli state. Regardless of your historical claims, regardless of the Palestinians living in the region, regardless because of the um, dispossession of Palestinian land forcibly from the area, we're going to stand on side with Israel. Mm. And this is completely in counteract to the whole international community and international law. It's completely opposed to the position of international law. So... It is a very big statement mm -hmm. politically, but also in terms of Palestinians living on the ground. It just means that it will further amplify the disposition of land. Um, and I don't know if any, if you look at present-day Palestine, it's a series of fragmented towns, roads and settlements built that Palestinians kind of access, 
um, bus routes and transport routes that Palestinians cannot access within Palestine itself. This is why we call them illegal settlements, because they're not internationally recognised, but they're also referred to as facts on the ground, because it means they exist. And it was a way in which the Israeli state can ensure that, um, well, we're here already. We've built our homes. We've built our roads. We have a presence. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to a chat with Palestinian activist May Hamid on Women on the Line. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I want to talk a little bit about the media and a little bit about the way um, this issue, because it is so it is so big, but it's also relentless. It is constant. It is ongoing. How, in your opinion, do you think the media has represented uh, Palestine and the state of Israel's occupation of Palestine? And also, how do you think this current um, statement by Trump has been represented in the media? I think it's quite interesting um, because up until, I would say, the statement from Trump, the news media has been heavily on the side of the Israeli state. Um, Palestinian resistance to oppression and violence has always been, um, I would say, referred to negatively in terms of reporting on Israeli aggression as opposed to supposed Palestinian aggression. It's never been fair. Um, In terms of actually looking at the rates of death that exists under Israeli um, rule, that doesn't get reported. We get numbers of of people dying um, reported in the media, but people's names are never mentioned. The humanity is taken away, become a number. And I think people have, I guess the media has somehow desensitised people in understanding the humanity of Palestinians and their death and their struggle and the oppression that they live under. Um, and And they've been quite effective with it. What's interesting about Trump's statement is not all of the media has come out in support of him, but it also means that not all of the international have come out, international community have come out in support of him. And that's very, very different. Mm. Even during the onslaught of Gaza, international communities came out um, opposed to the besieging of Gaza. However, there was always statements um, that sort of softened that position. It was never quite firm. Mm. It's interesting now that currently in the media, the international community are not having a bar of it. Um, European leaders are not having a bar of it. Um, even if they're not coming out as strongly, say in Australia, <laughs> where they haven't come out and opposed it, they haven't supported it. And that's a bit different. Mm. Also, I think because of, I, I would say, the role of BDS, there are a lot more people willing within um, the media to come out and you know align themselves and stand with the Palestinians and say, this is unjust. Yeah. Um, more so than it happened before. Um, But I do think that we see this as a progression of um, Palestinian voices being being heard a lot more frequently in the media because it's had to be heard. Mm. The sheer scale of violence of the Israeli state has meant that there needed to be some reporting on the Palestinian perspective. Um, And because of the sheer violence of it, it has meant that people have become a lot more aware and the media has had to provide that voice. Women's on the line. (laughs) Women on the line. Women on the line.
And on this um, question of support from international community, at the time of recording today, uh, the Organisation of Islamic Cooperation, the OIC, has declared uh, East Jerusalem as a Palestinian as a Palestinian capital, and and so this organisation is made up of several um, Muslim countries or Islamic countries. Um, some of which have not actually been particularly strong supporters of Palestine um, or they might be in support but from a distance Mm -hmm. um, and not actively supportive. What does that mean to you? And I know that this is still unravelling and there's a lot of stuff that hasn't even come out and we haven't got that much information. But this statement itself, what does that one mean, especially specifically from, from Muslim countries? I think it's interesting because Mm. Israel has been able for a very long time to function um, without any repercussions, without being held to account. It barely was held to account what happened in Gaza and thousands upon thousands of people were murdered. Um, It hasn't been held to account, the legal um, dispossession of Palestinian land. However, (laughs) what we're seeing is people are going, actually, no, this is too far. This is too much because you're not just stepping on Palestinian lives. You're not just stepping on their toes. You're also taking claim of a city that, you know, three main religious um, groups lay claim to and hold holy. So in terms of the Muslim, I would say, governments and society coming through and going, no, that's enough. I mean, it about time (laughs) that it should have been a unified front. Um, We've known for a very long time that Israel has wanted Jerusalem as its capital and has consistently been forcibly dispossessing Palestinians from Jerusalem um, and illegally um, tearing down their homes. Um, So this is not something new. Um, The dispossession of Palestinians from their homes in Jerusalem is one of the most extreme examples of um, illegal settlement building and amplification of Palestinians. If you look at the map of Jerusalem and you look at Palestinian homes being dispossessed and at the rate that it's being dispossessed, Jerusalem is the mo- is a concentrated centre. So we have known that. We also know that um, extremists within Israeli society, but also within mainstream society, Israeli society and media, call for the um, destruction of the Temple Mount, which is an Islamic holy site um, of the Golden Dome and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. They actively call for it, not only within the media, but within parliament. So this place is a threat um, for the Islamic world. Like Jerusalem holds a, um, a very important holy status. And so for the Muslim world, this is a very big threat. Mm. Um, so I'm, I, I mean, it's great to see that people are taking a position and saying, no, that's not acceptable. Palestinians have a right, you know, to claim Jerusalem as their capital. We are the indigenous population. Um, but also it's really important that it draws attention to um, the policies and the ideology of the Zionist Israeli state um, and it bec- and also the fact that it's an expansionist colonial state. So I think this is drawing more attention to that and the fact that Islamic countries are coming out and going, yeah, no, that's not acceptable. Although, in, in fairness, not all Arabic or Muslim countries have come out as firmly as um, Turkey has. Um, in fact, quite a lot of criticism has been placed against Saudi Arabia, um, being quite soft, and a lot of countries not giving the rhetoric, but not actually um, 
following through. They're, uh, I guess, worried about <laughs> their alliances with the American state and their economic vested interests. So we already know, in particular in Palestine, but also in the Arab world, are very well aware that these leaders don't represent the voice of the Muslims within the region or even represent the voice of the Palestinians. They represent their own vested interests. Um, and so they can pay words and rhetoric, but it's yet to be seen that they'll actually take a principled stance that doesn't go beyond lip, say. Okay, so let's talk about what people can do. So you mentioned the BDS boycott, divestment and sanctions movement that has been extremely strong and, and you know, it's successful to some degree when it comes yeah. to um, boycotting Israeli products and, and services and all of these other things. I think one of the first things that you can do is educate yourself on the issue. Don't fall in line with the propaganda that the Israeli state pushes out within mainstream media. Actually educate yourself about the issue. But also um, get involved in campaigns, get involved in BDS, get involved in um, any community campaigns that support Palestine. Be vocal on your social media. Um, social media is quite a powerful tool. Um, but be vocal within, you know, amongst your friends. Have these discussions and also try and connect um, we recently had protests in the city in support of Palestine, but also against the statement made by Trump uh, recognizing Jerusalem as its capital. So get involved. Um, there's a Facebook page. Um, come out in protest, um, even on uni university campuses. Have these discussions. There are pro-Palestinian groups on university campuses. You know, come up to someone or contact the organization and talk to someone. Um, these are some things that you can do. But I think... The more vocal we are um, and the more we start challenging mainstream media and also we, you know, start challenging our own governments and say, look, this is not acceptable. You should hold a principled position. That also plays a powerful role. So BDS is, is quite powerful. If you can connect with BDS, please do so. So there's, there's, there is quite a few. I think um, one thing that we've learned um, as Palestinians is that we always stand collectively together. Um, one voice is never powerful than many. Um, and if we can stand collectively together, and that in and of itself is even more powerful because the Israeli state has the power, the connections. It has a very strong propaganda team. And interestingly enough, for the state of Israel, BDS is a very big worry for them, a very, very big worry. They're very, very concerned that they're not able to sway people's minds as easily as they used to and that people are feeling a lot more confident in being able to come up and say I stand with Palestine I do not support your aggression I do not support your violence and I don't support apartheid that's quite scary because Israel has for a very long long time its propaganda machine has been able to control that dialogue um, it's not being able to anymore That was Palestinian activist May Hamid ending on ways people here in Australia can support the plight of Palestinians. If you want any more information about the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement and organisations you can follow, jump on our program page for all the links. Women on the Line is one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so please send us an email at womenonthelineatgmail.com. 
Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au slash women on the line. The theme music for the show is Slideshow at Free University by Le Tigre. The feature song for today's episode of Women on the Line is El Kofiel Arabia by Shadia Mansour. Thank you for listening to Women on the Line. I'm Arij Noor and I hope you can tune in again next time. فضلوا شرفونا شو بتحب مضيفكم دم عربي ولا دموع من عيوننا بعتقد هيك تأملوا نستقبل من هيك تعقدوا لما تدركموا على غلطتن من هيك لبسنا الكوفي البيضة والسودة صاروا كلاب الزمان يلبسوها كموضة محمد فننوا فيها محمد غير بلو